0: Hey there Marshall students and welcome to another episode of NBA's Unplugged. I am your host, Fedge McDermott, and let's dive into today for Tuesday, April 21st. Uh, so we have a couple of announcements for today before we get into our uh, guest interview. Uh, the first is another reminder from the program office that today at 1230 p.m. there will be a student organization officers training uh, for working with career services. So if you need to be in that session, make sure you attend. This is the first of, I believe, two sessions that will be held on this topic. Uh, going for club announcements we actually have four club announcements this week uh, so bear with me because we do have a few here Uh, the first is going to be through miga which i have a write-up from our the new miga president paul shriver for a lunch and learn with the hammer creative executive producer and chief operating officer scott hayman and so as a brief description for the event i'm going to read this as he typed it i'm assuming this is how he meant it to be portrayed so let's see how this works out for you in a world where two-minute content dominates the internet and marketing campaigns must battle for eyeballs, one man has interesting business perspectives and experiences that would actually be pretty cool to hear about in this time of social isolation. Mika invites you to come learn about the magical art and business of video game trailers. The COO and executive producer of one of the industry's most prolific trailer agencies will be sharing case studies, war stories, and Q&A about the creative and business considerations of video game marketing. <laughs> At least that's how I assumed that he wanted it portrayed. Um, so that is going to be held via Zoom on Friday, April 24th from 1 p.m. to 2.30. So if you'd like to sign up for that, please head over to Campus Groups where you can find that in the schedule. Moving on to our second announcement, we have a boxing fitness class with Mindful Marshall. Uh, and so that'll be taking place also on Friday, April 24th, from 11 a.m. to 12. Uh, And so Mindful Martial is excited to invite you to do a free at-home boxing and conditioning workout with Omar Gonzalez. Omar is a celebrity trainer and pro boxing coach at Iron LA, and his past celebrity clients have included Shannon Sharp from the NFL Hall of Fame and Jalen Hands from the NBA Brooklyn Nets. Uh, All you need for this one hour at home workout is two water bottles or weights if you have those available, one chair, and one towel. Uh, Everyone is welcome to join, so if you... Uh, Please feel free to spread this word around to your friends, significant others, and it says bring your fur babies. So if your pets want to be involved, bring them along as well. Uh, They're hoping to reach an attendance of at least 30 people so that Omar will be able to provide more free sessions like this for us in the future. Uh, So if you're interested, please feel free to join so that we can actually maximize this uh, effort for us. Um, uh, We hope you can join us for this fitness class. For a fun, mindful, and active Friday on April 24th, uh, so you can find out on Kipbus groups, and there will be a Zoom link that will be shared for registered attendees closer to the date. So that actually sounds awesome. I'm, I'm definitely gonna actually do that now that I just read that out loud. So uh, the third, third event is going to be a partnership between bea and gwib so the business entertainment association and the graduate women in business uh, club and so they're going to be hosting a netflix party so a netflix party on saturday april 25th from 7 p.m to i guess whenever the movie ends but closer to like 10 p.m uh and so the theme whereas in the past we've had what action movies and will ferrell movies uh this this one will be a female empowerment movie night Uh, So BEA is delighted to announce GWIB as Best Supporting Actress for its next weekly Netflix party. Uh, Please vote for the female empowerment film you want to watch and get ready to rock the patriarchy from the comfort of your couch, bed, or pillow fort in living room. For those unfamiliar with the Netflix party, it's a free Google Chrome browser extension that lets you play and chat about movies, series, at the same time as your friends. Uh, Movie night, essentially, but with a social distancing twist. And then for our last announcement, we also have another partnership with uh, the Graduate Women in Business Club and the Wine Club. So this is going to be Beers and Best Practices, an Intimate Conversation on Gender and Business. So Join GWIB and the Wine Club for an intimate conversation on gender inclusivity in the business world. GWIB's VP of Diversity and Inclusion, Sophia Siegel, will moderate this discussion and will ask members of the Marshall community to share their stories and offer best practices that have worked well in the past. Uh, Bring along your favorite wine, beer, cider, seltzer, juice, etc. to the meeting as we have an open and honest chat with one another. Uh, That will be happening on Friday, April 24th from 4.30 to 530 And again, for all these ones that I've just announced, uh, you can find all the links on uh, campus groups where you can sign up for the events and pretty much everything's going to be hosted through Zoom since that's pretty much all we use at this point. And that about wraps it up for the announcement portion. Now heading over to the interview, we'll be uh, hosting a guest interview that I had recorded in the past with Annalise Payne, uh, who is a first year uh, along with myself uh, from New Jersey. So with that, we'll now cut over to the guest portion of our show. And now moving on to the guest portion of this episode's Marshall Podcast, I am joined by uh, one of my fellow Jersey natives here, uh, Annalise. (laughs) How are you doing today, Annalise?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on.
0: I'm so glad I got someone else from the Garden State on here. It it, (laughs) (laughs) really means a lot to be talking to someone who probably understands a lot of the stuff that I probably talk about on the show.
1: (laughs) Yes, And I would like to say that the Garden State is a lot better and more amazing than everyone gives it credit for. Oh yeah no you're I mean (laughs) you you can
0: preach to them but like you're preaching to the choir with me right now because that's something (laughs) I've dealt with my entire life. (laughs) Um, Well you went to school in New Jersey though so you didn't really even experience that sort of uh, backlash that I did being the Jersey kid on campus because you went you were born in Princeton?
1: I was actually born in Philly, but moved to Princeton when I was still a baby, Um, and then yeah, stayed here all through college. Uh, So was it was a townie?
0: (laughs) What was so? Yeah, I was about to say like, what was it? What was kind of the lifestyle being sort of the townie at college? (laughs)
1: yeah, um honestly, when I was eighteen, um, I was a little bit nervous that my parents were going to be dropping by my dorm room all the time, um, but it ended up being pretty great. Um, my dorm was under two miles from the house that I grew up in, um, and so I came home probably once a month just to do laundry, see my parents, grab some free food. Uh, so it seemed a little scary at first, but um, in the end, it ended up being a great decision.
0: You could literally take a jog back to your old house just to yeah, go home. Yeah, there are
1: <laughs> a lot of hills between campus and my house, so I, I never did that. But oh, fair uh, enough.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, what was the decision to stay in state for New Jersey? Because I know, I mean, me being from New Jersey, I know it's a common boomerang state where a lot of kids like to leave the state for college and then sort of come back afterwards to sort of join their family and sort of establish some roots. So what was your yeah. decision like for, I guess, sticking around?
1: Yeah, it honestly came down more uh, to the school than um, the location. So I was a recruited rower um, in high school, and then I, I rowed all four years of college. Um, and uh, the the Princeton crew team, Princeton's where I, I did my undergrad, um, had a really strong community and a really fantastic coach. Um, and when I like went and visited and, and met with the team, um, I like totally clicked. So I was able to to get over the <laughs> the maybe like wanting to to fly the the nest a little bit um, yeah. for for the team aspect, and it was definitely right the, the right decision. Um, but then I after college made the decision pretty quickly to come to the West Coast.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad that part didn't take too long. Uh, is it, so is is that crew? Is it? Yeah. Is? Okay. It is. Yeah. How is Princeton's crew team? I'm not very familiar with the crew <laughs> statistics very, at all. Very so. few
1: people are. Um, it's a very niche sport mm-hmm. um, for sure. Uh, but it's pretty good. Um, we were fifth in the country the year I graduated. Okay. Um, and funnily enough, we actually raced USC all the time and we really did not like them. Uh, and was so it's pretty funny now walking around um, USC's campus and like seeing some girls that are wearing like USC rowing t-shirts and stuff like that and there
0: there is a <laughs> there's a joke in there somewhere about yeah. the full house lady because um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it was one that wasn't that uh wasn't her daughter like supposed to be on the crew team or something
1: yes wasn't yep. that
0: where that was from okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh my god uh, so while you're at Princeton, uh, what was sort of your first sort of career move where did you What did you go to Princeton thinking that you were going to do?
1: Yeah, um something totally different than what i am thinking I want to do now, uh, yeah. which I think is true for a lot of people. Um, but I went into college thinking that I wanted to work in um public policy or international relations, so maybe in like the state department or at a think tank um something like that so i i studied public policy in my undergrad um and focused on uh india um and like international relations with india um so yeah very different than what i ended up doing afterwards um Mm -hmm. but it it definitely gave me sort of like a global perspective um and i'm you know was really interesting to me um at the time and, and still is
0: and the goal perspective is very valuable. Uh, did you actually manage to do any like internships to sort of test the waters on like whether or not public policy was sort of the right direction for you?
1: Yeah. So I was super lucky in college. I had some really amazing internships um, all over the world. I interned for a summer in India.
0: Oh, wow. Um,
1: I interned for a summer in Kenya um, at sort of like nonprofits that worked uh, like closely with the government. Um mm-hmm. So it was it was great to have sort of that like global experience um to inform what I was learning about. Um and I I love to travel. <laughs> yeah. So that was a benefit as well for sure.
0: Great. I guess what, what were some of what were some of the favorite spots that or I guess experiences that you traveled? Uh so like your favorite part about India, your favorite experience in Kenya, et cetera?
1: Yeah. Um I think my favorite part about India, it it honestly was a difficult, it wasn't a It was an awesome trip, but it was difficult. I was there for three months, Mm -hmm. um, and I was 19 or 20, um, and it was my first time sort of like spending an extended period of time out of the country um, in a culture that was like very different from my own, so that definitely came with some challenges. Um, But I think my favorite part is that I spent the summer living with a, a family that you know, worked with the organization that I was working with and interning with. Um, So I really got an insight into, like, how a different culture, like, lived Mm -hmm. every day. Um, And that was super valuable. Um, And then in Kenya, um, I was actually working um, in a research center. um, And the, the folks there were, like, mostly scientists who were studying, like, all sorts of crazy animals—elephants, yeah. zebras—you name it. Um, and so, I think my favorite part about that was getting—I'm—I'm um, I'm not a scientist, but um, <laughs> getting to see, getting to like hear a little bit about what they're doing, and and sort of seeing like how, uh, you know, like what they were researching. Um so, yeah, I think those experiences in my like late teens, early twenties, um, informed a lot of like the the decisions I've made since then, Mm -hmm. um, and I I love to travel, so it's been a huge part of my life.
0: I'm actually insanely jealous about that. I wish (laughs) I had those kind of internships when I was in college, I was not getting those. I was pretty much back in New Jersey the whole time, so. I was Uh, yeah. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, so coming out of college, uh, now that you've sort of studied public policy, international relations, how did that sort of help you transition into, I guess, your first career post uh, undergrad?
1: Yeah, um, so I actually had thought that I was gonna go work in at an organization, a nonprofit in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, in my senior year of college, I was like, had a final round interview there, was mm-hmm. sort of like set to um, move away, and then decided uh, actually that I didn't wanna be thousands of miles away <laughs> from my friends and my family. Um, and I wasn't totally ready to take that leap um Uh so instead i made like a 180 pivot um and decided to go work for a small digital marketing agency um based out of new york um so totally different than what i thought i was gonna do but i had a great experience interviewing with that company and they were growing really quickly the folks that were working there were i could tell that they were like very passionate about what they were doing and so I decided to take that job which actually for me was a little bit more of a risk just because it was an industry I didn't know anything about yeah um and also uh I was like making the decision to sort of uh you know pivot away from the career I thought I was gonna have
0: okay so going into digital marketing definitely not what you're preparing for all those four years going to yeah. kenya and india and <laughs> such uh so what were some i guess the qualities of digital marketing that you found translated well between your undergrad experience and that first job
1: yeah uh honestly not a ton um <laughs> uh, if I, there's none
0: that's fine too so. <laughs> um,
1: i think my undergrad d- degree definitely gave me a lot of like critical thinking skills and strategic thinking skills um, but uh, it, it didn't, I didn't necessarily feel like it applied to working in a business world. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that I actually really value about business school is that the skills that we're learning, I can understand directly how they're going to apply to my future career um, and how they're going to like help me get the, the jobs that I want someday. So um, that's one of the things that I've actually liked a lot more about business school compared to undergrad is just that I can see like, how my classes are impacting uh, yeah. my future career.
0: Well, it also helps that the path is hopefully a little more clear this time around too. So <laughs> yeah. uh, so how, how long were you working as a digital marketer for? <laughs> uh,
1: just under three years. So okay. I um, started in my company's New York office and then three months into the job there, um, they announced they were opening a San Francisco office. And I had always sort of thought about potentially moving to the West Coast. Um, My mom grew up there and I have some family there. Mm -hmm. So I volunteered, moved out there, um, and helped to open our San Francisco office and was there until deciding to come to business school.
0: So you turned down the Cape Town option because you didn't want to be thousands of miles away from your (laughs) friends and family, and then you took the San Francisco option to be thousands of miles away from your yeah, friends and family. Yeah, yeah.
1: But it, I think in my mind, it was, it felt a little bit more manageable, was okay. like, same country. <laughs> my grandparents live in San Francisco, um, you know, in terms of like feeling like I'm not as far as
0: home, a little bit. Okay. Than- <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, just point, poking, I'm just poking, I'm just poking. So, you're there for three years. You're there as a digital marketer. You've pretty much already pivoted in your career in general going from undergrad to, as I guess, uh, was a Kepler group? Uh, so what was the sort of the decision point to say, I, I should go back to school uh, and get my MBA?
1: Yeah, um, so I can tell you a little bit about when and how I decided um, that I wanted to do that, which is a bit of a funny story. Um, everyone always laughs at me when i tell this but uh i had um done uh actually in my like first year and a half out of school um like i did a surf trip to morocco um and i had a really amazing time I just sort of like met a great group of people um you know it was just like a, a fun trip seeing a new country and, and getting to do something i love and on the way back i sort of had like an existential crisis on the plane where I realized that I wasn't super happy with the job that I was coming back to. Um, it was one of those things where I was not just like sort of dreading, um, going into work, but Mm -hmm. truly not excited to
0: go, to go back work.
1: (laughs) Um, and, uh, you know, I, I had some friends and some family members who had been to business school and I, I thought that, uh, you know that would be a great opportunity to one learn some new skills but two, like give my myself like this space and opportunity um to figure out what i actually want to do um so i i think i signed up for uh the gmat you know like three days after getting back from that that trip to morocco three
0: days after morocco (laughs) you went from i don't like this to let's (laughs) sign up for a GMAT wow
1: yeah I I tend to make decisions pretty quickly to be honest
0: (laughs) yeah it seems like you didn't really did you was that enough time to at least apply the uh, foundations of your professional value class and (laughs) figure out what your passion was and like what your goals were
1: yeah so I mean I didn't know like right then that I I wanted um like to what career I wanted to pivot in, but I knew I wanted to do something different. So um, uh, it it still took me, you know, probably like six months to study and take the test. And then I guess roughly about another year to really apply and and figure out where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah.
0: Fair enough. All right. Uh, so in that whole search of like taking the GMAT and all that fun stuff that I have chosen to forget about entirely, uh, (laughs) how did you approach choosing a school?
1: Yeah. So I, um, pretty much exclusively applied to business schools in California. Um, I knew I wanted to stay in California. I loved San Francisco. Um, I have really only positive things to say about the west coast um so that was really important to me um and then i also when it came down to choosing where to go um was looking for a culture that felt really friendly and comfortable um i think some business schools get the reputation for being super competitive um like students not necessarily wanting to help each other out if they're recruiting for the same industries and things like that yeah um and that's just, just not my my style um so that was another thing I was I was looking for
0: that's definitely something that jumps out at me as to why USC was sort of a front runner in that category because yeah. uh I guess just the, the word chosen network although it sounds corny in saying it it really is something that is yeah. insanely strong and at least in our class it's felt like uh, there's never been an instance where there's been people sort of like trying to like at least act competitive in the yeah. same space or anything like that. So from yeah. my understanding, at least.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree completely. Um, and I feel like a lot of our classmates say similar things about why they chose Marshall.
0: Uh, yes. After doing a few of these, that seems to be a common thread, <laughs> but I, it's a good thread. So, <laughs> yeah. um, so now that we're sort of like at USC Marshall, uh, before we jump into hearing more about your experience with Marshall and sort of the uh, the things you've benefited from it so far, we want to jump real briefly over to a segue hosted by our our trivia questions here. Uh, so each week or each episode, I sort of pull up four random questions that I've sort of decided based on your background stuff. Uh, so with you being from New Jersey, I thought what better than to actually quiz you on new jersey trivia oh
1: god <laughs> i don't think i'm gonna do well on this to be honest
0: <laughs> um these could be hard these could be easy it, it it's like either i picked good ones or i'm just screwing with you at this point um let's see what was the first one okay so this famous musician born and raised in new jersey uh was known for getting his start over in asbury park at a little concert hall called the stone pony
1: uh bruce springsteen
0: okay see or so bad.
1: Bon Jovi. i think bon jovi did too mm. maybe i'm wrong
0: I, I i don't know about stone pony i didn't really look that far into it but i don't yeah. think he, i i know he i know bon jovi grew up in new jersey yeah um if you did, if you weren't gonna get that, I was gonna say he was part of like the E Street Band, so yeah, it yeah. was definitely Bruce Springsteen. Who I was thinking of yeah. Um, okay, over in Sandy Hook, uh, you can find what is home to America's oldest working what?
1: Oh God, I don't know. I I'm stumped on this one.
0: <laughs> it's a lighthouse. Ah,
1: interesting. <laughs>
0: So it's, I guess, the oldest working lighthouse in America. I think there's older ones in, like, I don't know, where the hell, uh, Massachusetts and stuff, but they've yeah. all been, like, demolished and reconstructed over the years. So this is, like, okay. they built it once and never had to rebuild it, and it's been working ever since.
1: Amazing. I'm yeah. going to have to visit that one day.
0: It, yeah, once, once you can start traveling again, you should yeah. definitely check it out. It's actually a good trail out there, so. <laughs> awesome. Um, let's see, what was the next one? uh this famous actor born in neptune new jersey is known for his roles in films such as matilda and the lorax
1: oh god i should know this one too no clue i'm stumped
0: oh man i think a lot of people who are listening to this might get this one so this one's uh danny devito Ah,
1: okay yeah (laughs)
0: In fact, they actually have, I'm pretty sure they like the town or Asbury Park, New Jersey has like their own Danny DeVito day that they celebrate every year. Really, That <laughs> <Yeah>. is awesome. <laughs> Just a day dedicated to him. Yeah. Um, I think I wanted to do one more. Where the hell is that one more though?
1: I feel like I should not be invited to any Marshall <laughs> student trivia nights. This is clearly not my...
0: We're actually trying to work to get like a Marshall wide trivia night going, so... We have, we have some people trying to get, get that going. We, tr- we, tried, we tried like a trivia thing that the lab hosted. Yeah. So people who host the trivia at the lab started their own online one. Oh, awesome. And so we tried playing it on Wednesday and we hated the host so much that we're actively looking at any other option to okay. <laughs> host a trivia for everyone. Well, maybe
1: I'll, I'll join and be a, uh, a bystander and observe.
0: <laughs> hey, you can always just partake in the happy hour and just drink with the rest of us. Um, damn it, I thought I had another one here. Um shoot. All right, we'll ask an easy one then. Uh how many states uh border New Jersey and what are their names?
1: All right, we got New York, okay. Pennsylvania. Okay. Uh Delaware.
0: hmm
1: I think I'm missing one think that
0: might be it all right you're right that's it it was only three (laughs) i was kind of looking it up and being like is connecticut no no (laughs) uh so yes uh by water or by land it's only three states yeah uh so as far as new oh i guess one last one this is more for my own research than for you or as an actual trivia question uh taylor ham or pork roll Mm. taylor ham (laughs) Oof. <laughs> I am a I am a pork roll guy. So
1: <laughs> uh, I actually this is a, a sad story, but um my favorite bagel shop here um down the road from where I grew up closed last year. So it's been
0: oh shoot
1: super sad when i come home um, what, the, what
0: are there other other options around or is it just that one not shop that not closed? as great
1: as this one this place was called maidenhead bagel um <laughs> if you live in mercer county you might know it yeah uh, but it had all of like the right the the sort of like questionable smell when you walked in the right amount of like grease on your breakfast sandwiches <laughs> yep so um it's definitely missed
0: maybe like Five chairs to actually sit in because exactly. you're supposed to get your stuff and go, and yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> close by like two p m in the afternoon, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah, no, well, luckily, the place by me is still going, but they are honestly, I think they're making more revenue now with everyone sort of stuck at home, yeah, they, like they've resorted to online ordering, which I guess they hate to do, and now it's yeah. like their entire parking lot is just full of cars at all times, yeah. so I'm like, oh wow they're they're doing amazing, <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, now that you probably did. Better on the trivia than most people have to be honest, because usually people get like two of the questions right. I'm pretty sure you got like three of them. So, <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> congrats on setting the new record. <laughs> uh, but the transition back into talking about Marshall, since that was a nice sort of like trans or segue, uh, we'll know, now get to a little know a little bit more about your experience in with Marshall in particular. Uh, so, this is more for people that will be transitioning from the East Coast, people that have been born and raised like ourselves on the east coast the entire time and this might be their first chance at actually living out on the west coast uh so what are some of the best and worst aspects of that transition period that you experience i guess you can talk about san francisco or you can talk about la so that's up to you
1: yeah honestly um for me i think all of the the reasons i love the west coast um are the same in san francisco and la um so this is definitely cliche but the weather. It really is Mm -hmm. a huge factor. Um I love that I can like do all of my favorite outdoor activities in January and February. Um like wearing a tank top. Mm -hmm. Uh and
0: favorite activity, wearing a tank top. Oh
1: favorite activity. <laughs> Run running probably. I am a big runner. And then, you know, drinking wine outside on my porch. That's probably another favorite one.
0: That's um, also something you can't do in January out here.
1: Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I we're lucky we don't have um class on Friday in business school for the most part. And mm-hmm. I have sort of like a ritual now of doing that uh with some friends. So definitely positive. Um and then the other thing I would say is Particularly in California, there are a lot of really incredible uh weekend trips um, so it's really easy to go down to San Diego um uh, go to mammoth and go skiing for the weekends like mm. um living in San Francisco, I went to Yosemite a fair amount um like headed down to Santa Cruz and would surf there and hang out there. Um, so I feel like people really take advantage of being in a, like a state and a place that has a ton of like um just like fun options and weekend trips mm. um a couple weeks ago actually before quarantine um, one of my oh. classmates and i Maddie we did a trip to Sedona and the Grand Canyon we like left on a Friday came back on a Monday um so that's pretty awesome
0: <laughs> um wow well, yeah honestly like living out here on the west coast driving seems to not be as much of an issue too yeah. like being in New Jersey like if you go outside yeah. New Jersey, it almost feels like a long trip. Meanwhile, if yeah. you're driving from like San Francisco to LA, that's like, oh, that's all right. Even though yeah. it's five or six freaking hours.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so it's like the yeah. distance almost doesn't sound like it's the same, but it's like vastly different. It is, um, yeah. So as for Marshall specifically, uh, mm-hmm. given that I guess uh, you came in sort of not knowing where exactly you want to go for your career post-grad school, uh, yeah. what were the classes and clubs that you found? the most helpful in a sort of helping you figure out what you wanted to do and then B in positioning yourself to like recruit well in that uh in that industry
1: yeah um so there were, I think two key things um the first is this wasn't actually a class but uh um this is I believe the third year that Marshall has done a Product management boot camp um, oh, those, with yeah. an alum who is really well established in the tech industry and the sort of tech network in LA. Um, and it, it sort of is like taking another class. Uh, there are like six pretty intensive sessions. Um, but uh, we really dive into like what does it mean to work um, on a software product um, in the in the tech space and sort of like what are the skills like what skills do you need to have to be successful there? And also what like qualities are going to make you happy <laughs> in this type yeah. of role? Um, and what is it really like? Uh, so that was helpful for me. And um, I remember like sitting in the, the first session and being like, okay, I think this is a, a career that I would be interested in. Um, and then the second one, um, and I, I'm not sure this would be a favorite class for a lot of my other classmates but for me i really enjoyed data science for business
0: um <laughs> i'm not keeping my mouth shut i mean i did find that class because honestly i came from an engineering background so i yeah. should have tested out that to begin with but yeah, yeah. <laughs> i know others are probably not as thrilled <laughs>
1: <laughs> um i really liked it only because i think data science uh is I like how many different types of questions it can help you answer is, is really exciting to me. And I felt mm-hmm. like I got, um, some skills that I'll be able to apply afterwards. And then two, um, we learned a little bit about artificial intelligence and machine learning. Um, and I actually, in my internship this summer, I'm going to be working on a artificial intelligence and machine learning product and sort of like through that class realized that that, um, was super interesting to me and I like like thinking about the the types of problems that uh this like relatively new technology can mm-hmm. help to solve
0: uh so will you be using radian at all in this internship or
1: <laughs> unclear <laughs> unclear um but uh it's it's still downloaded on my laptop so still back. Yeah.
0: <laughs> funny i never actually downloaded i just kept using like a website that had radiant on it this entire time and it's never never broken on me so on it, yeah. i i tried downloading it like 15 times and it just would never work so i just gave up and somehow came across some server that was just constantly like having that program running so yeah
1: Pro tip for next year's.
0: Yeah. I have a bookmark so I can easily send that out to the next class if everyone has the same problems that I did. Uh, (laughs) uh, How about any clubs that you were a part of that sort of, uh, I guess the the product management bootcamp was pretty early on. So that was sort of like a good thing for you to sort of figure out where you wanted to go right off the bat within the first couple of weeks or so. Uh, So were there any clubs that you joined that helped sort of align you more towards that goal?
1: Yeah, uh, the High Tech Association, HTA, uh, as we mm. call it. Um, I got involved in the club pretty early on. Um, I was an AVP, and I'm actually lucky enough to be the president um, oh. for the, <laughs> the next year. Um, I was super excited about that. Uh, but HTA, I think, did a really great job of helping to expose students to the, the different types of careers that you can have in tech. Um, yeah. Tech is like super broad, right? Yeah. Um, it's not
0: really specific at all. So. Not at all, no. <laughs>
1: um, and there's also a lot of like tech roles now within other companies and other industries. And there's like big tech, and then there's startups, and then there's like mid sized companies. Yeah. Um, so they did a great job of uh, giving us exposure to, you know, not every option, but a lot of different options and, and career paths um, and connecting us with alums who could help us learn more. Um, And they also, I think the club did a a great job of training us for interviews. Um, I think historically tech has a reputation of being a little bit more relaxed and maybe like a more casual interview process. Um, And that is definitely not the case anymore. Um, I think it's become more and more competitive as more and more folks want to work in that industry. Yeah. Um, And so uh, the club gave me sort of, like, the tools to navigate the recruiting process, uh, which was obviously very helpful.
0: Would you rate it as something as intense as, like, a consulting or iBanking sort of recruiting process, or is it somewhere in the middle between there and, like, I guess entertainment sort of the more lax one?
1: Yeah, um, it can be. I mean, it it really depends on the company in tech, Um, and I think that's why it's super important to have, like, second years and alums who can let you know sort of ahead of time what you should expect. Um, I think for an industry like finance or consulting, you know, going in, it's going to be really rigorous, and you're going to get a ton of casing questions. And mm-hmm. um, in tech, if it's a company like Google or Amazon, you're it's going to be pretty rigorous at that level. They're going to expect yep. that you can can do certain types of cases. Um, but startups, it may be more about culture fits. Um, I the, I'm working as a product marketer this summer and that interview was much more focused on sort of like traditional marketing questions. I had to do a writing sample. Um, so it, it just, it depends. Um, which is why it's awesome to have again, a Trojan network that can help you figure out what to expect beforehand.
0: Yeah. That's actually like definitely one of the better things to have is to help leverage, not only like to help prepare you, but also to set expectations. So, you're kind of an idea of how well your skills are compared to i guess what you'll be used to in the interview so gives you a little more confidence going in yeah um i guess for the final question uh, that we have for you today is uh what is something that you did leading up to business school that you think others should also do to help prepare them to hit the ground running with all this club involvement research interview prep all that stuff
1: yeah uh, I would say if you can afford to take a break. Um, I took about uh, three months off before um, coming to business school, um, just to recharge, see my friends and family, um, figure out like where in LA I wanted to live. Um, I hope that people are able to do that this year with with quarantine and everything. Oh, I, I know <laughs> like a, little, a little bit of a, a more difficult challenge, but yeah. Um, you really, your first semester in particular is, it's going to be a sprint. Um, It'll actually be like a sprint and a marathon at the same time. Literally. Uh, And so, you know, and and I think outside of just recharging and making sure that you're ready to hit the ground running, um, I I think that's the most important thing. The other thing I would say uh, is if you can take some time early in the summer before you start to Think about okay, if I do want to switch careers, what career I want to switch into. If you can start already, maybe talking to some folks in that industry, um, it just will give you a little bit of a head start and allow you to start using the resources that the schools and the club provides um, earlier, so that you're not doing all of that like soul searching. Uh, yeah, and you're also trying to like go to class and figure out how to live in a new city.
0: Yeah and I I know the program office sort of helps pair people up with mentors that sort of are coming from similar backgrounds and stuff to help I guess field questions and I know that I'll be setting up some things called like summer sips in the summer uh, where local students can sort of meet up with uh, Marshall students that are in the area that can sort of sit down and have one-on-one chats to I guess help uh, talk through some of these sort of questions that they might have coming in as well. So yeah. Definitely, so. definitely a good piece of advice there.
1: <laughs> I would have benefited from that, for sure.
0: <laughs> I had no idea that happened. I, like, I'm like in charge of doing it, and I was like, shoot. I had, I, <laughs> <laughs> what is this?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's also because there weren't really any options. I think most of the people were in L.A. who did the summer sips last year, so it was like I wasn't in L.A. until maybe like a week before school started, so yeah. it wasn't really an option for me. Yeah. Um, So... With that being said, that about wraps up our time for today's episode. But before we go, as a thank you for helping me launch this podcast series, I want to give you a minute to just uh, talk about whatever you want, so that's your time to sort of tell people what's important to you.
1: Tough question. (laughs) (laughs) Open floor. Um, Yeah, I think I would, if it's okay, sort of just love to talk a little bit about why I think coming to business school has been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Um, And it's your floor, so. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I I would say for me, before business school, I was not strategic at all about my career. I was, as you have probably learned from this interview, sort of like made decisions very quickly um, and was mostly based on gut and feeling, which I think there's a lot to be said for that. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, uh, if you have sort of big goals like I I do, you also need to sort of like chart a course to get to whatever your career goal is, and figure out how do I like build the skills and the the resume and the relationships to get there. And so I think the biggest thing I've I've learned from business school so far is you need to be really intentional about your career, um, and it's not just something that like happens to you like you as corny as this sounds, like have the power to shape it however you want. Yeah. Um, And so if you were like me and sort of like falling from one career decision to another, (laughs) um, I think business school will really help you figure out how to create a plan um, to achieve your dreams.
0: (laughs) Well, your gut decisions have seemed to have led you right so far. So, uh, but let's hope that hopefully crafting a strategy can help you get there a lot faster. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) uh so once again that about wraps up for today's episode i want to thank you again Elise, for joining us today it was lovely to get to talk to you uh as well as well as talk to someone who is on on the same time zone as me right now since you're also stuck in new jersey for this entire uh quarantine fiasco whatever it is uh, yeah i don't even know what to call it at this point uh but before we or as we go we also have our song of the night which you've already chosen before the episode which is work from home by fifth harmony <laughs> which is very the most, appropriate. yes very appropriate for the time so definitely the most appropriate choice so far but yeah that's it for this episode on marshall podcast i've been your host fed mcdermott joined by annalise payne uh for today's episode and as we play you out tonight uh, hope to see you again tomorrow. And here's work from home by Fifth Harmony.
1: I worry about nothing, I am wearing up knot. I'm sitting pretty impatient but I know you gotta put in them hours. I'm gonna make it harder. I'm sending pick up to picture. I'm gonna get you fired. I know you're always on. A-
0: But you gotta go to work, 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 work You don't gotta go to work, 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 work Let my body do the work, 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 work We can work tomorrow, oh 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 We can work tomorrow, oh-oh-oh Let's put it in a motion I'ma give you a promotion I'll make it feel like can vacate, turn the bed into an ocean We don't need nobody I just need your body Nothing but sheets in between us Ain't no getting off early I know you're always on that night shift But I can't stand these nights alone
1: For me, take it to the ground, pick it up for oh, me. Yeah. Look back at it all, I'm for me. Oh, yeah. Put in work right like my time. Sheet. Oh. She, she ride it like a '63. Oh, I'ma buy a new Celine. Oh. Let her ride in the fall oh. with me. Oh, she'll I'm her boat. And she down to break the bows. Ride die, she gon' go. I'm gon' just, she finesse. I fight up. she take that. Put in all time. Body You You ain't gotta go away But no Work, work, work work, But you gotta be